0: This podcast was made with Descript. Descript is a groundbreaking new media tool that allows creators to edit audio and video like a text document and create a realistic clone of their own voice for seamless edits.
1: Please check out our Patreon at Asian Hustle Network. We want Asian to continue being meaningful and give back to the Asian community. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to contribute to our feature, we hope you become a patron. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian.
0: And my name is Maggie.
1: And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals.
0: We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Hello everyone, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Viet Lee. Viet is a graduate of the University of Washington Foster Business School in 2000 with a business administration degree in finance and marketing. Viet has over 20 years of experience in investing, trading, venture capital, market forecasting, and business development. Viet helped build a gene therapy biotech company, GenPex, and take it to IPO on NASDAQ in 2018. Viet is passionate about global markets, building businesses, marketing, emerging technology, and biotechnology. He loves spending time with his family, with three young children, having a beer with friends, watching movies and playing contact flag football. Viet, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. I love AHN, so this is great. Awesome. Um, I'm so excited to have you here. So let's
0: jump right into it. Viet, tell us about your upbringing, where you came from, what or who has shaped you into the person that you are today?
2: All right. Uh, My name is Viet Lee and I'm a second generation Vietnamese American. I'm a venture capitalist and investor from Seattle. My father was Nguyen Li, the top gun and captain of the South Vietnamese Air Force during the fall of Saigon and the end of the Vietnam War. He flew over 700 missions and never was shot down or lost a wingman and was the number one fighter pilot supporting South uh, Vietnamese troops and US troops. Uh, He was trained by the US Air Force in America and was so talented the military asked him to stay in the US but he declined and instead chose uh, chose to go back to Vietnam to fight for his country. Uh, My mom was from Saigon and both left Vietnam for America during the end of the war. Um, Our family was born from war, but uh, we always say that we are now all peacemakers. Uh, We were raised in Mukiltea, Washington, a suburb of Seattle in a mostly uh, white affluent neighborhood. Uh, My mother was a total tiger mom, very strict disciplinarian, and uh, basically taught us all the mathematics through algebra before kindergarten. So school was very easy for us. Uh, My father was always supportive of my business ideas and investing and really helping fund my uh, investing start. Uh, My parents owned an Asian food uh, market, uh, so I got to learn about business growing up. Uh, I graduated from the University of Washington Business School with a finance and marketing concentration, and started trading stocks and options at uh, at 18. Wow. This is like uh, late mid '90s, you know, uh, early 20, 2000s, and it did extremely well. I was up 2,000 percent back to back years in 2004, 2005, almost winning the one million dollars uh, CNBC stock portfolio challenge twice. That's kind wow. of something I love Both times turning one million into three million in two months. Um, And then our focus area was on cancer biotech uh, with my biotech analyst brother, um, uh, who was a big part of my success too. Uh, So we saw the rise of Avastin, Tarsiva, Herbitux, Nexavar. Uh, So when I was uh, 16, uh, my best friend's mom passed away from ovarian cancer. And that shook me up big time. You know, I made a promise to myself to destroy cancer if I could, as a ridiculous as that may sound. And ultimately found that investing in biotech and developing cancer therapies was that outlet, which ultimately led led me to Genprex. Mm -hmm. So around uh, 2010, we started focusing on uh, investing in the private markets. And we started investing in brand name private uh, companies, uh, which we project to go to IPOs. We started investing in Facebook, starting at like $30 a share, Twitter. Uh, We invested in Airbnb starting in 2019 uh 2013 at around $5 share and uh SpaceX in 2015 at around 11 billion valuation and now it's near 50 billion. Wow. Um, but my greatest accomplishment to date uh, uh though is helping build invest and take public via Nasdaq IPO with Genprex, our gene therapy company based in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, I helped the CEO Rodney and the team with strategy, financing and developing our cancer gene therapy for um, uh, MD Anderson, and also our potential gene therapy cure for diabetes from the University of uh, Pittsburgh. So, um, you know, uh, what shaped me and, uh, uh, and who shaped me to the person I am today, outside of my dad, Bruce Lee was like my big role model growing up. I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of Asians, uh, you know, Bruce Lee was their, their main guy mm-hmm. and cool story. I, I chose to go to UW because of Bruce Lee who grew up in Seattle and also went to UW. Mm-hmm. And today my sister DM Lee, uh, who previously was the chief editor of the international examiner in Seattle, the nation's largest Asian newspaper it is really good friends with Shannon and Linda Lee, uh, Bruce Lee's family. So, uh, so that's always, you know, that's really cool. Um, you know, how has that translated to my success? Um, my father and Bruce Lee both made me think big. I mean, thinking real big, you know, um, curing cancer and diabetes saying that is just crazy. But if you, if I didn't know any better, you know, I, I don't really know what's impossible. You know, no one's telling me that I cannot be done, or I'm not encumbered by other people's doubts. Yeah. And I love that. And and I, you know, if I was, I wouldn't even try, right? Um, so I, what I do is I try to find solutions on my own research, and I don't look for industry approval. Um, mm-hmm. And the established biotech industry looks at us as a threat. So you know, uh, I don't look towards them. You know, um, you know, we're we're seeking greatness. We really are. We want to make history. And if we cure diabetes. In some cancers with our gene therapies, that would be a great beginning. And I believe, you know, GenPrex is the Tesla of biotech. And uh, we're a major biotech disruptor, and we're going to show it this year with uh, new upcoming data uh, from our cancer trials. So I'm really excited about that.
1: Wow. Thank you for yeah. all that information. Yeah. That <laughs> we, yeah. need, we, need, we need to take a while to digest all of that real quick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so Let me we know quickly, if I'm going too fast. <laughs> no, sorry. No, no, yeah. No, so no, we quickly
1: no, dive, no. dive back into, you know, Bruce Lee being your inspiration in Seattle and growing up in a pretty predominantly white area. Mm-hmm. I, uh-huh. What was your view on Asian identity growing up? Like mm-hmm. do you view yourself as, yeah. or did you ever feel like you stuck out so much that you need to fit in? Like, what was
2: that? Yes. For? I tried to fit in. I mean, I hated my name. I had, you know, I just wanted to be another, uh, just a regular kid, you know, going to a school. But uh, over time, as I grew older, I I totally embraced it. You know, as a kid, you just want to be just like everyone else, basically. But, and as you grow older, you want to be differentiated from everyone else. Right. You know what I mean? Right. What makes you special? Right. And so uh, later in my life, yeah, I just embraced my Vietnamese heritage. And uh, but it wasn't always that way. You know, uh, having a tiger mom uh, made it difficult, too. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, um, uh, it's, it was an experience um, that uh, I just had. And it really shaped who I was. It really made me competitive mm-hmm. because, you know, my tiger mom would tell me, uh, oh, yeah, you're you know, against the world, you know, like everything like you're you got to fight for everything. Like and so it made me just super ultra competitive in a lot of respects, um, which is sometimes bad, you know, it's like, uh, you don't have to compete on everything, you know, you can work as a team and, and really it's about love and, you know, and loving other people and learning to love other people. So as I grew, um, I also grew spiritually and, and that also is very important too. Uh, so, you know, um, so that's that's uh that's you know how um uh growing up uh, uh you know that's how i yeah. my identity was uh formed as that's an so interesting
1: too I, I love that i love that um journey that you went through i feel like a lot of us are going through that journey too where mm-hmm. we grew up wasn't totally. proud of asian and now we are yeah. and we're owning yeah. our asian heritage you know <laughs> yeah and yeah out of curiosity too like you know you started investing into stocks and options mm-hmm. at such a young age and found success mm-hmm. like What was that transition over into like entrepreneurship and Mm -hmm. Genprex? Mm -hmm. I want to hear more about Genprex. How'd you meet Mm -hmm. How'd you be involved in the company? And congratulations on taking it to IPO. Yeah,
0: that's (laughs) such a must. I mean, like, I know you talked about the inspiration behind Genprex, but talk about, you know, how it has grown over the years. You want to hear
2: you? Oh, yeah. Any harsh yep. stories yeah. too. Any Oh, totally. I got it. I got <laughs> it. I got you some. Okay. Um, so what inspired me to start my business was truly helping save lives and improving the lives around uh, the world from these devastating diseases and save people that we love, you know, like uh, my uh, best friend's mom was a reason I, I really focus on cancer. And, uh, and so, you know, two years ago, I learned about my friend's father who passed away from type two uh, diabetes after having his arms and legs. Amputated, you know. After my research, I discovered that diabetes affects thirty-five million Americans and is a health crisis outside of COVID-19. It's like the number two right now, Um, when including uh, pre-diabetic Americans, it affects you know one in every three people in the U.S. You know, diabetes healthcare-related costs in the U.S. uh, reaches almost three hundred billion a year. Right. And could you imagine just wiping that cost off the healthcare system? Could you imagine impacting the healthcare premiums and the removal of stress to the healthcare system? Right. There's estimates that diabetes affects over half a billion people around the world. So when I say that, you know, GenPREX could ultimately save hundreds of millions of lives, I'm not kidding. You know, this is this has inspired me to look for uh, new undiscovered gene therapies for diabetes. Mm -hmm. And so after lots of research, months and months of research, uh, that is when uh, in 2018, I discovered Dr. George Gittes, Harvard alum and inventor genius uh, doctor uh, in his diabetes gene therapy at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. And immediately I like reached out to him, talked to him and uh, brought him on board, helped him develop the program, uh, partner and license with Genprex, along with the help from our CEO, Rodney and the team. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, the drug works by delivering two proteins into your pancreas and converting alpha cells into insulin producing beta cells within your pancreas without surgery. So this will help put, uh, potentially cure type one and type two diabetes. Mm-hmm. So these are the big problems I want to work on, you know, cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, and as technology advances, do you really think that we we cannot solve these human human? It- humanitarian uh, issues, uh, we will, you know, and it's only a matter of time, in my opinion. And so currently, I am I believe I have also discovered a potential gene therapy uh, and strategy for Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and is in development. And so I'm all in stealth mode right now. And, you know, my wife's side of the family has Alzheimer's. So for me, it's, a, it's like a personal race, you know, against time and also inspires me to work harder than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been looking for an effective treatment for Alzheimer's for 15 years and so far, 99 percent. Of all potential therapies that fail, you know that's a crazy thing. You know, uh, you know, building my experience, building my business, uh, building a biotech startup is difficult, right? And expensive. And the real value of the company lies in the therapy patents, the data, the doctor inventors, and the science. Uh, in the past 10 years, the proliferation of CROs, it's an acronym for contract research organizations, mm-hmm. which are expert consultants for every aspect of a biotech operations, including manufacturing, clinical trials, legal, et cetera, right, mm-hmm. have greatly reduced the cost of operating and starting a biotech, mm-hmm. uh, which is a major positive for biotech entrepreneurs cutting operating startup costs by over 50%. And so we were able to kind of like build Genprex using this system mm-hmm. and delegating out a uh, Uh, you know, very expensive, typically very expensive operational uh, um, uh, departments. Um, So, you know, uh, what are some lessons, you know, that I've learned along the way and advice that I give entrepreneurs, um, you know, pick team members. I'll go by by bullet points here, but pick team members carefully. Do not give equity in your company until over a period of time, like six months to a year, find great mentors, study from the greats, right? And synthesize those lessons into your field. Uh, one of my favorite books is the Book of Business Wisdom, with stories and lessons from business greats like Rockefeller, Ford, Thomas Edison. You know uh, that it, those these stories are amazing, and they they uh, they they last t- uh, through uh, through time. You know they're just they they're durable. Um, it doesn't matter what type of widget you sell. You know it's it's the same. It, it really is the same processes and and really the same philosophies uh, through business, uh, and it, this is, has held through, uh, generations, right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh you know uh emotional intelligence another point i want to bring out is emotional intelligence is important especially if you want to be a leader work on it so emotional tel- intelligence is the capacity to be aware of control and express one's emotions and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathic empathetically right <laughs> empathetically so um if you're a small another point if you are a small business owner watch cNbc show uh the prophet i love marcus Lemonis. Uh, To learn about the three P's to success, product, process, and people, right? And um, another point that I like to make is um, I also believe it is important to be liked. I want to stress that uh, in order to join or build a team in order to accomplish your individual and team goals, you may be a genius, but if you're not well liked, um, that will harm your ability to retain talent, recruit others. In marketing, I've learned that uh, if people like you, they may buy a similar or slightly inferior product than if they dislike you. And, and to, and have them buy a pre and your products premium, you know, they might not buy it. Right. Even though. So, and one of my favorite books in this area, uh, which Brian brought up is, uh, um, is how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carney. Oh, this is like business. Yeah. Business 101, like <laughs> a classic really, but it's true. You know, and another point uh, I recently saw was a new study that said that personal relationships affect work performance. So choose your mate, And those who uh, you surround yourself wisely, you know, guard your heart, right? Mm -hmm. Another one is remember to ignore, uh, not to ignore spiritual growth because you need an anchor. You know, I myself am a loving Christian, uh, but people uh, should realize that uh, money can create and can destroy you. Uh, And people know what I mean when I talk about that, you know, in the Asian cultures, we talk about a lot, you know, my mom used to tell me about that all the time. And without an anchor, you will move with the seas, right, wherever the wind's blowing, wherever the seas moving. So now in regards to investing, um, look for great risk reward ratios in order to skew your probabilities of success. So what I look for is like a five to one or a 10 to one uh, ratio. Mm -hmm. Uh, meaning I may risk $1 to gain five or to gain 10, right? So, um, and if you do 10 of those, right? And they all have those same probabilities but they're all high probability uh, potential successes Mm -hmm. then you have skewed your mathematically your probabilities to success, right? Mm And so, um, another one is I like long-term investing over trading, even though I grew up as a trader, it was exceptionally hard. It's, it's like taking the SATs every day because you're up against, you know, the world's best in trading and investing. So, um, so I try to tell people not to trade and try not to day trade and just really focus on long-term investing. And, um, and so, you know, and so I have, you know, in my opinion, it is easy to just invest into an ETF. Mm-hmm. Uh, a spy, or uh, my favorite is IWO, which is the Russell two thousand right into a, a ETF IWO, but they change it. They change the uh, allocation of those two thousand highest Thank growing you are stocks.
1: What the ETF and all those yep. technologies mean?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, an ETF is a stock right that trades uh, like an, uh, uh, that trades and tracks an index. Uh, of uh, other companies. So the Russell 2000 is a index of the 2000 fastest growing companies in the U.S., And they change it. They'll, you know, some will drop off. They'll add new ones. But that, but that constant reallocation change is done by Russell uh, Investments and not done by you. And so, by investing in the IWO, uh, you get that benefit of these reallocations, rechanges into new growth. And so then, uh, so the uh, the stock or the ETF, uh, the IWO uh, that tracks the index changes to uh, and tracks the uh, Russell two thousand index. So it goes. Up uh, the stock, uh, the, that ticker, uh, um, and ETF goes up as well in the same uh, sink in a sinking uh, fashion. Yeah, over time, right? And so my uh, my uh, my opinion is, you know, you just invest in that every month or every year or, or what what and 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 focus on ten to twenty years, you know, uh, down the road, and this will help you build your retirement, you know, and, uh, you don't have to stock pick. That's a problem. Uh, sometimes you, it's a lot of work. And, uh, for me, I even, I even now today, I hate trading stocks because it takes a lot of my bandwidth uh, and it takes me away from my other, uh, duties, uh, of uh, you know, uh, helping, um, uh, my companies and helping build companies. So, so that's why, you know, uh, I suggest doing that. Um, another cool thing is, um, some of my favorite books, so this is really, really cool, is uh, Cracking Creativity and Thinking Like Leonardo da Vinci, right? So in my opinion, it it can help creatives and innovators move to the next level as it did for me. And this is 10 years ago, right? Uh, and, it, and what it does is it helps restructure your mental creative thought process, right? So you will learn that creative genius thinking can be learned, taught and applied using mental techniques and not dependent on your IQ. Right. Okay. So that's the very, very, for example, there's this uh, mental creative technique in uh, cracking creativity and uh, uh, he studied Nobel prize winners, right. And, and the greatest thinkers of all time, Edison, you name it. Right. And so uh, for example, so what he does, he he called this uh, 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 some Nobel prize winners use it. uh, It's called mind popping. So mind popping is when a solution idea seems to appear after a period of incubation out of nowhere. So your subconscious mind never rests, right? And by setting up a mental system of network thinking between your conscious and subconscious where ideas, images and concepts from completely unrelated problems combine to catalyze the nascent moment of creativity. Mm-hmm pretty interesting so it's fun it's it's amazing to do i do it at a time and i don't uh they say you know sometimes write on a piece of paper your problems so if you go through the book they'll have a bunch of these like uh, uh exercises you do and you don't have to do them um you can mentally do it over time you can just train your brain to think the same processes the thought processes the mental processes of the most uh creative geniuses of our time and you can do that right and so um so uh you know so and another uh, learning technique that i learned was is from elon musk mm-hmm. and he likes to use what is called first principles thinking and so first principles thinking means boiling things down to the most fundamental truths and then reasoning up from there Right, so Musk has used this for the cost of batteries as an example. Mm-hmm. So he'll he'll build from building from scratch and calculating the cost of raw materials and building his own batteries is a better and cheaper way than buying from a manufacturer. Right, so uh, so Elon also likes to deconstruct ideas and processes for semantic tree and for the unveiling of fundamental principles within that, this mm-hmm. also helps your ability to reverse engineer solutions and ideas from the final goal, right? To the present, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's, it's amazing. And so over time, again, these are all techniques and you can learn these techniques and uh, and apply them to your field of specialty and it'll take you to the next level. Typically this is what I've seen. And finally um, watch Angela Duckworth's, Ted talk on grit, the power of passion and perseverance. And I think you guys know about this as a teacher, she realized that IQ wasn't the only thing that separates success and failure and explains her theory of grit as a predictor of uh, a predictor of success and grit is passion and perseverance for very long-term goals but yeah take a look at it it's short there's a you know there's a short version then there's longer version uh but uh but yeah um you'll love it it's it's just a great talk but that's you know that's that kind of that nutshell um i can talk about my struggles if you if you guys want to i want to hear about your struggles you know
0: (laughs) all right i I mean um, struggle I love everything you just said. We can definitely see like where you get your passion from. And I definitely agree. You're very passionate. You are very passionate and we love that about you. And I I definitely agree. You know, as we go into next generations, I definitely do think that there is a cure to these humanitarian issues with like Mm -hmm. diabetes and cancer. Mm -hmm. And I definitely think that, you know, we're going to get there. And what you're doing with Genprex is so amazing. And just Mm -hmm. talking about like EQ and grit and everything like that is so important. Like Brian and I talk about that all the time. All the time, yeah. Just as important as IQ, if not more important, right? Yeah, Yeah. and yeah. I mean, like it's the people that
2: don't quit. They just don't quit, like Like, no matter what, they're just plugging along. But, you know, but at at the same time for me as a trade, I've learned to cut my losses. And so there's a point there, you know, where you just it's better to cut a loss than Mm -hmm. to maintain that path. So I have this kind of a balance kind of thing, a trader mentality a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, but it is it's uh, I guess it's about quitting the wrong things or quit, you know, learning what to quit and how to quit or what, you know, and how to uh, how that fits into grit. Uh, but grit is way more important than quitting, that's for sure. Yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: We'd we'll love to know about you personally and mm-hmm. what, what type of struggles and challenges you went through and oh, like yeah. how you grew as a person.
2: Mm-hmm. Personally. Oh, personally. You know, I think a big thing that uh, that I was able to overcome uh, in my personal life was uh, I know this might sound funny, but to be able to truly forgive my mom as a tiger mom, growing up, growing up with a tiger mom is not easy, man. Like, I'm serious. It was hard. It was emotionally draining. It was, uh, it was a lot of spanking. I mean, Vietnamese people spank, dude, you know, like, and um, and so. But I, I for some reason imprinted that this emotional anger. Uh, Towards my mom. I didn't even know about it until like later, like 20 years old, dude, you know, like, then I'm like, okay, where's this anger coming from? So I had to like, basically weed it out. I like source it out through meditation and through other, other means of just trying to figure out, okay, where, why am I so angry? What's, what's going on here? And I could, and I could tell that there was a root and that root was uh, um, imprinted because of my mom. And I just, uh, you know, there was a point, yes, I, I was really angry at my mom, hated my mom at certain points of my life growing up uh, because she was so uh, stringent and so disciplinary and, you know, and um, I was, you know, pretty popular kid in high school and loved to party. I was really smart, but also at the same time, I, w- I tried to be more social and I wanted to be more social and go to these parties and this and that. And my mom wouldn't let me, so I'd sneak out. And I mean, you know, the full thing, right? And so just like every other kid uh, going through uh, the same, same issues I, I went through. But, but as soon as I was able to recognize that root, I could just pull it out and, and I have to repeat it because your brain, it's like a tape recorder, you ha- constantly have to re, uh, re emphasize uh, mm-hmm. r- uh, that n- a new message over the old message constantly because the new old message will come up, you have to re- recognize it and then reprint a, a new re record a new message over that. And so I learned a lot of this through psychology classes through the university of Washington, which was huge, you know, and marketing in my opinion is, is just business psychology. And so that kind of helped with uh, uh, learning about marketing too, and, and how to, uh, uh, and how it works in business and how psychology works in business. Mm-hmm. And, but, but again, um, back to my mom, you know, I, as soon as I was able to uh, figure that out, I was able to root it out and I just forgave my mom uh, mentally. You know, my mom could care less. She doesn't know what I'm going through at that time. But, you know, uh, so she had no clue, you know, and I didn't even tell her, you know, how we don't talk about this stuff with our parents, man. This like, you know, it's true. You know, we're not uh, there are not not very many open, uh, open emotional channels between parents and Vietnamese families internally. There isn't a lot. Uh, I hope that changes. Right. Uh, um, uh, And I think it is a little bit, I, uh, there's a lot of people talking about it and just talking about it can help uh, um, uh, the next generation, you know, be able to uh, talk to their parents a little bit more and be open, more open to it. And then uh, vice versa of parents being more open and talking to their kids a little bit more after learning about this from other people, right? And through mm-hmm. AHN or through other uh, channels. But as soon as I was able, I, I'm serious, as soon as I was able to truly forgive, not to say, oh yeah, ma- mom, I totally forgive you. Uh, this is that, no. You have to do it constantly because, again, you've imprinted this while you were young and you grew up with it. So it's it's a message that's there. And until you pull it out, destroy it, it will always stick with you. And that, that anger morphs. That anger morphs into different parts of your life, different aspects of your life, different parts of your work. Relationships, all that. But as soon as I was able to recognize it, and repeatedly destroyed it, and removed it, and repeatedly taped over it, and changed it, oh, it was the greatest uh, weight lifted off my shoulders. I mean, I'm telling you, it was like it was huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so I was able to just be able to uh, move forward. And mm-hmm. man, I just uh, didn't have to carry that anymore. It was just awesome. But yeah, so that personally, that was the biggest biggest thing uh, personally in my life that I was able to do. And I wasn't able to do that until about mid twenties. Right. And I always tell people twenties, you're going to screw up, Mm -hmm. do it. Don't worry about it. Learn. Learn. Get experience because uh, 20s is you're just starting off in, in the world. You, you don't know anything, really. I mean, you're just building it and it's okay. 30s is when you apply everything that you've learned, all your mistakes, everything in your 30s and really apply it to your workforce because this is when you're really set. You know, you have 10 years of experience in your work field, you know what I mean? Right. Five years. I mean, now you're starting to get into this cruise control in your thirties. And that's when you really start blowing up. I didn't start blowing up until about in my thirties and then forties, I'm just killing it, you know, killing Mm -hmm. it right now. Um, but, uh, now as for my work, my biggest struggle work, man, this is crazy. This is a great story though. Um, but one of the biggest obstacles I ever faced was, uh, a couple years ago, after our Genprex IPO, a mm-hmm. short-selling firm put out an erroneous and factually incorrect article about Genprex. Oh, wow. Uh, it was straight out of the show Billions, man. Like, I'm serious. Like, my life is, it is crazy. And they said <laughs> that our cancer drug, Recorso was a previously failed P53-targeted uh, gene therapy drug. Uh, It is not a P53 gene drug, but is actually a TUSC2 gene therapy drug. So TUSC2 is a tumor suppressor gene that we're actually inputting back into the cancer cell, and then it it causes apoptosis, which is cell death, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, for some reason, over time, age, and and, uh, uh, cell division, uh, your cells may lose this tumor suppressor gene. And by losing this tumor suppressor gene, it actually is the initiator for tumor growth into that cell. Do you see what I'm saying? So what we're doing is we're re-injecting that back, which was supposed to be there in the first place. And so that's the beauty of this drug. Mm -hmm. And so so this guy who has a zero biology background, nothing, right? (laughs) And he's writing about our biotech company and says that it's a drug. He totally misidentifies it right and uh, and the right and, and he's also running a hedge fund platform and doing so he's like you know doing some fluff articles or I don't know what what he's doing, but he's working in a cahoots with a bunch of other people. And he correctly misidentified our drug and also disparaged our auditors, mm. uh, who by the way, have won accounting awards in Florida. And then he try, and then they tried to kind of like politicize our company, you know, like, I don't know what, what he was trying with that angle, uh, which was absolutely false because we are not political at all in that regard. And um, and so uh, they were working with other short hedge funds, we think, you know, and trying to profit from their short positions, right? Oh, man. So it took like a year or so to be able to clear the air and even d- to get rid of these short stock manipulators who have been previously fined by the SEC for the same shenanigans they pulled on us. Right. Mm-hmm. But this was tough because uh, since I was I was the one fielding, you know, tons of calls from everyone, you know, uh, uh, asking me if this is true. that mm-hmm. like, are mm-hmm. you a fake? You know, is this oh, wow. totally wow. untrue? I mean, what's going on here? I mean, and then are you, you know, this and that, are you political? Uh-huh. And this, I, I was like, I couldn't, so I just told them, no, it's not true, but I had to go mm-hmm. through this, you know, and it, uh, didn't make things easy. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, brought up a lot of questions for other people to bring up questions about, you know, questioning where this is coming from or, or, you know, uh, the whole story, just everything, right. Just, I mean, if they go after your whole biotech, then, you know, uh, and basically the drug, Uh, you know, um, it's damaging. And so we had to fight off. And so we were able to get rid of them. um, um, You know, uh, and those vultures are gone now, thank God. And uh, we now can actually focus on bigger things, which is, you know, to change the world and try to save lives. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, so we had to deal with that for about a year or so. And now, of course, it's proven as false. Right. right? But you know, damage is done, you know what I mean? Right. So, uh, but, uh, but still the future is bright and we just have to execute upon it and, um, uh, bring out some data, run these clinical trials. And, um, you know, the proof is going to be in the pudding. So, uh, right. so I'm not worried about it. Uh, biotech is interesting. Uh, it's all based on science. So mm-hmm. I can kind of, you can kind of handicap, uh, the, the probabilities and odds of success by looking at the science and the data, which is which is uh, uh, factual, right? Which is hard data. So you can uh, um, basically uh, project uh, probabilities of success with that cancer drug or that uh, therapy uh, based on previous data uh, on humans. So that's how we do it. And so based on that, um, you know, I fully expect with high conviction, high probability that we're going to be very successful. Um, but right now it's all about execution. Uh, just like everything else in um, uh, in the startup world, right? Like you could have great ideas. That's wonderful. Yeah, great ideas are a dime a dozen in Silicon Valley. Execution is where it separates the wheat from the shaft. It, it's all about execution. Always has been about about execution. So, exactly. um, so yeah.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing your struggles, Viet. Loved hearing both of those stories. I'm so glad that you were able to overcome them and I'm glad that you were able to reconcile with your mother as well. And I think a lot of Asians also resonate with that story because a lot of us Mm grew up with tiger parents, right? And it involves a lot of trauma, you know, growing up with tiger parents. And I think that one important thing to note is that when we actually forgive our parents, we're, sometimes we're not even doing it for ourselves, but we do it for our parents as well, because maybe our mm. parents are looking to forgive and reconcile as well, but they don't yep. know how to. And that's yes. okay, right? Because they're in a different generation and they don't totally. know how to reach out. And so mm. I love that you're able to recognize that, you know, you need to forgive your mom in order for you to move on with your life. And mm-hmm. that kind of trickle down to everything else in your life. with It totally did. And, you know, your totally personal did. life. And, yeah, just mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. Yeah, My
2: story is very similar to uh, so many people. And so yeah. that's why I love HN. Uh, I was just reading, I was like, what? <laughs> Same thing? It's like hundreds of stories, not exactly. just like two or three. It's like, yeah. you know, so I just love that we're helping each other out. And that's just awesome. So, right. yeah. Uh, so yeah, you guys keep on, And, you know, I'm going to be helping the HN too. You know, I'm not going anywhere. I'll be, inv- yeah. I'm going to be an investor and, and you guys out wherever I can. Yeah. Uh, to help bring this, you know, to the masses, you know, although it's doing great already, I think, so, yeah.
0: Love that. And so we have one last question for you, sure. and that is, what is your goal for 2021?
2: What your one big audacious goal for 2021? One audacious. I want to try to prove this proof of concept, uh, gene therapy for Alzheimer's, that it works. And so we have to basically first prove it in mice, and pigs potentially. Um, but, uh, but that's ongoing right now. So, you know, we're hoping that, uh, um, that's my big like focus right now, but you know, gen uh, same thing with our diabetes, I'm helping with that and our, our cancer gene therapies. So there there's just, there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I'm, I've, am really focused on and really excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I I'd have to say those are the things. And also, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, at the end of this Corona deal, man, like this is just like, I, I've, you know, I don't think any of us are going to take anything for granted anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> man, I'm going to be hugging hugging people like for crazy, man, when I start seeing people, you know, and stuff like that. But I think that's going to be, uh, you know, the beginning of the end for Corona too. Although, you know, there's going to be some issues uh, moving forward, even after a, lots of vaccinations, it's going to be still around a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, but for the most part, um, I think it is uh, the beginning of the end. And I'm looking forward uh, to that uh, as well. So
0: definitely. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today, Via. It was amazing hearing about you and your story. How can our listeners learn more about you online?
2: Well, uh, they of can follow out me here. or reach Yes. Out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am on Facebook and I am, I am on Twitter and Instagram as well. You can find me, but I'm very active on Twitter. I talk about uh, the markets and I focus and I, uh, um, you know, I, I analyze the markets on that and I talk about GenPracts and, and everything uh, uh, about uh, those areas uh, on Twitter mostly. Um, but yes, I'm, I'll be happy to help other people. Um, uh, so just reach out. Well, awesome. awesome. Thank well, you, thank so, you much so much for being on the, the show today, Vic. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome thanks for having me
1: guys hey guys we hope you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to the show
0: we would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes so be sure to leave us a 5 star review we release an episode every single Wednesday so stay tuned
1: thank you guys so much